Teachers' Division of Paraprofessionals, a group of mostly black and Latino teachers' aides, many of them former welfare mothers who were hired with federal money to help in the low-income schools beginning in the 1960s. Racial tensions ran high following the 1968 teacher strike, which centered on the question of whether local black leaders had the right to dismiss tenured, unionized white teachers and replace them, often with black teachers, as part of an effort to give ghetto communities greater control over their schools. Schenker was a hero of the white middle class, which backed him for standing up to black militants. But Schenker, who had marched with Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma, wanted to make it clear that the issue was not black versus white, but the right of workers to be treated with dignity. Many of the black teacher aides had crossed the picket lines during the teacher's strike to try to keep schools open. But when Schenker saw the opportunity to organize the paras, who were making as little as $2 an hour, he jumped at the chance. Schenker met fierce resistance from many teachers, some of whom did not want a union of professionals to include less educated aides, many of whom were high school dropouts. But Schenker was adamant. He saw organizing the paras as a way of proving that the UFT was a racially inclusive organization, and he laid out a vision in which the union would negotiate a career ladder by which paras could go back to school and to become teachers, and thereby better integrate the teaching profession. When some teachers continued to balk, Johnson noted, Shanker threatened to resign as president. It was, she said, the only time he did that in his career. Teachers eventually went along, and the UFT ended up beating out a rival union that unsuccessfully tried to paint Shanker as a racist. The Paris did not see Shanker as anti-black. They saw him as someone who went on strike and went to jail in order to defend his members, and they wanted to be a part of his organization. Johnson told the audience that when Shanker later retired as president of the UFT, he said of all the things he had done, he was proudest of organizing the paras and providing them with better wages and a program in which they could go back to school and become teachers. The bad Al of the 1960s to Johnson did not sound so bad after all. The ceremony ended with President Clinton, Senator Moynihan, Loretta Johnson, and hundreds of audience members singing Solidarity Forever. Al Shanker was a man constantly on the go. As president of the UFT in New York City and the AFT nationally, he was forever giving speeches, negotiating contracts, testifying before Congress, walking picket lines, and meeting with unionist and human rights activists abroad. He was constantly churning out new ideas, which he outlined in some 1,300 weekly columns, commenting on education reform, unions, race relations, and politics. He was passionate about his work, traveled 300,000 to 500,000 miles a year, and had little time for his family. He took his wife Edie to a union conference for their honeymoon. He thought about running for mayor of New York City in the late 1960s when polls showed he could beat Republican John Lindsay, and he was mentioned as a possible U.S. Secretary of Education in the early 1990s under Bill Clinton. In both cases, he concluded he was better positioned to fight for what he cared about as a leader of the UFT and AFT. As head of a union of teachers, he stood at the intersection of the two great engines for equality in the United States, public education and organized labor. And he was not about to give that up. He once told an interviewer, If I didn't have to make a living, I would have done this as a volunteer. A Father of Modern Teachers' Unions Shanker lived the lives of several men in a single lifetime. In 1960, when collective bargaining for teachers was generally thought impossible because it was illegal for public employees to go on strike, 
Schenker, and a handful of other teachers in New York City convinced several thousand colleagues to break the law and risk being fired. Because the school board could not dismiss all the striking teachers, it backed down and eventually recognized the right of the UFT to bargain on behalf of teachers. Other teachers joined on and, from 1960 to 1968, union representation grew from 5% of New York City's teaching staff to 97%. With collective bargaining came a huge change in the culture of teaching. Teachers were accustomed to being pushed around. They were poorly paid, forced to eat their lunches while supervising students, and told to bring a doctor's note if they were out sick. Collective bargaining brought them higher salaries and also greater dignity. He was the George Washington of the teaching profession, said union leader Tom Mooney. He's the one who rallied us to liberate ourselves. Like George Washington, Shanker was hardly alone in helping to light the spark of teacher unionism in New York City. He was one of several...